Hi, I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And I'm Angelica Yard. And we're the heart behind the Heart and Hustle podcast. Every Wednesday, we share a new episode with our listeners on topics that range from business and creativity to leadership and innovation. We also interview some of the best and brightest in the industry and spread our love of entrepreneurship all over the internet with our hashtag, BossSoHard. We're on a mission to help you find balance in your life, creativity in your career, and dollars in your bank account. So sit back, relax, and take notes while we show you how to dream big, work hard, and repeat. Are you looking to draw a bigger box for yourself? Seth Godin's All-MBA Workshop is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for changemakers who have a fire in the belly. This is for people who are itching to level up and make a bigger impact. Four times a year, the workshop brings together two groups of 100 to 120 leaders curating the group to pick the right mix of people from different industries and areas of expertise. The end result, you're surrounded by other leaders who are moving to the top of their respective fields and helping support each other to become stronger cross-functional change agents. The workshop splits you up into groups every week so you're meeting a bunch of people you'd never otherwise meet. You're getting and giving feedback and seeing your blind spots in a whole new way. By working on 13 projects during the month, you're constantly pushing ahead and creating a body of work as proof. It's not about passively learning, it's about actively putting those concepts into practice until they become habit. The idea is to drink from the fire hose and rewire your brain to make new, better habits and to have the platform practice those habits. So who's been through all MBA? Over a thousand alumni. They include a mix of leaders, including product managers, naval naval commanders, lawyers, marketing directors, engineers, ophthalmologists, UX designers, filmmakers, and more. This group is half freelance, half folks at companies and startups like Slack, Tesla, Kickstarter, Charity Water, Microsoft, Nike, Trello, Kiva, Warby Parker, and more. If you're a leader and want to become even better, this is for you. There are no lectures, no videos. It's rolling your sleeves and working in groups with people who are equally into winning. It's an intensive, immersive four-week experience of drinking from the fire hose. Over a thousand plus people from 580 cities and 49 countries around the world have all done all MBA. Challenging? <laughs> yes, but our friends at Seth Godin's All MBA believe the rewards are so worth it. Ask any of their alumni. While most online courses barely approach a 7% completion rate, the All MBA has an astonishing 96% completion rate. Their alumni say they do it again in a heartbeat. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for you to level up. If you're looking for ways to have a bigger impact, the All-MBA could help you get there. The curriculum is entirely hands-on. More than 75% of your time is dedicated to shipping your work, practical projects that allow you to apply what you learn. So if you're tired of courses that you never finish videos or you've had them bookmarked, then put those aside and check out All-MBA as a different way to level up. So, they are now accepting applications for the upcoming session. To find out more, visit www.altmba.com backslash heart and hustle. So, that's www.altmba.com backslash heart and hustle. For special consideration, you can mention Heart and Hustle podcast in your application and tell them that we sent you. So, check out the episode and enjoy. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. If you like listening to us and want to interact with us on social media, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Heart and Hustle podcast. And on Twitter, we are at Heart Hustle pod. You can also find Angelica throughout anywhere on the interwebs at Studio 404 Design, Studio 404 Paper, and Sevenality. And you can find me, Charisma, at Charisma O'Keefe, 725 Creative, or at the Tiny Tea Shop. And then don't forget to use the hashtag BossSoHard to show us what you're working on, projects you might be thinking about, any questions, comments, or concerns you have about the podcast, or any advice for who you might want to see us interview or what you might want to see us talk about next. Cool beans. Well... It's we're here. It's August. It the is mid August. Literally today is August fifteenth. So I know I was just talking about. I was like, I can't believe it's August, and you're like, it's almost September. Yeah. I'm like, it's shut like, your no. mouth. <laughs> it's fall. Well, that you should be happy because it's fall. I know. Like, I'm. I'm actually though in my mind like pretty much like I've kind of decided. Like, I was gonna I've say I think been, everybody has like I've I don't just know. been hanging out. I mean, right now we're both wearing all black. So I mean, that's every day of that's life. every day. And, you know, I'm just pretty much inside. Like, I haven't been going to, like, if you follow me on the internet, you know that I have not been going to, or social media, I haven't been going to theme parks. I haven't been doing any of that because I'm just, like, outside is summer, and I'm just not here for it. Like, I'm staying inside where the AC is until the weather decides to do what is 
what I wanted to do. So please and thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm I'm done. I'm done for now. Um, but yeah, I, I am excited about cooler weather. I dare say it's been like on my trips from my apartment to the car, it has felt a little cooler. Maybe I, I don't, I don't I think know. it's like the same. Okay. It's, it's, the same. Not, but it's not, not really as hot out. to me. It's not as hot as it was last summer. In my opinion, last okay. summer was super like you couldn't go outside. Like the moment you went outside, it'd be, you'd be drenched in sweat. And I feel like the humidity and the heat index, like it gets hot right before a storm. It gets yeah. that hot. But I feel like all summer and last summer from like the moment you got out of the house in the morning it was already like 85 degrees at like nine o'clock which makes no sense that's that's harmful to your environment your body and your life choices man i'm yeah so i I am i'm excited that it's it's gonna get cooler soon and we'll actually be able to go outside and do things again um but right now it's just all about being indoors and cranking the ac and pretending and still drink like i've i've gone back to my hot chocolate and my hot chais because I'm mm. like, nope, it's fine. I don't think I ever stopped. I, I like hot beverages. Weather, I really do. The weather won't good. stop me on my hot I just beverages. stopped drinking hot chocolate like part of the year because I think it's probably unhealthy for me to drink. I was gonna say I don't I don't drink hot chocolate generally most of the time. So like I don't when know I start to it's... miss Christmas, it's like I break out my like Christmas mugs and I just like make some hot chocolate and I'm like, oh yeah. Christmas is right around the corner. So I like, and that's my favorite thing about August is that August is when I really start my Christmas shopping and get serious about it. So like I've made my list and like I've made, you know, listed out like what gifts I want to get people. And I started, um, cause I, I try to do as much from small businesses as possible. Um, so I started like ordering longer. stuff. I was going to say, yeah, you have like a four to eight weeks. Yeah. And I feel like it's nice to kind of space it out, which is why I start in August. So I'm not getting everyone's gifts at the same time. And I'm like in my like main family, it's like I have both my brothers. Now they're significant others. My mom and John, those are like the main people I get gifts for, not the only people, but those are where I spend the majority of my money basically. Um, so I try to give each of them like one month. It's like, okay, I'm focusing on you this month and so on and so forth. So that has started to happen. And now we get to think about what wrapping paper we're going to use, which is very exciting. <laughs> Strategy. So we are working. Are you going to do wrapping paper this year, by uh, the way? Probably not. I don't, we don't. So the further podcast, <laughs> we sat down this morning, got organized, and got stuff together because there's generally like a lot of different people who are applying to speak, which is awesome, or be on you know, guests, and that's super great. And so please yeah. keep doing that because it makes it easier for us to plan. And by the way, when you are applying, the like when you give us a lot of information, when you tell us topics that you're interested in discussing, and when you give links to any live interviews you've it done just before, makes it man, is that helpful? To, We've ha- like we just went through I don't know how many, but I mean yeah. it, it made it a lot easier to pick you know and pick quickly and get back to people because right. of the way that some of them organize their um applications yeah, yeah i mean it is application but yeah. i mean we don't even have like an application form or anything yeah. where people just know of the podcast and i'm guessing they're getting recommended by friends and to hey you probably would be a good fit which you some of you are so oh, and i really also love when someone's like uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the podcast, and this like was my favorite episode, or this resonated right. with me. We had one of the people that wrote to us um, actually say thank you for introducing me to Shishi Rose. I love her now, and you know whatever. So it's like I like that sort of thing because it shows you actually listen to the podcast. Right. Because if you're just kind of like blanketly applying to everywhere, then you don't necessarily think that you'd be a good fit here. And for us, like we like to make sure that the people that we put on this podcast are going to be a good fit for our audience and we're yeah. not wasting our audience's time because so. i mean like my time has been wasted so <laughs> like even yeah. real it's been wasted yeah. so we're doing more to protect the integrity of the show and make Reclaiming sure that we have our time. episodes every week and try to organize things so please i like bear with us as we get better at um filtering out the people who are supposed to be on the show because <laughs> that's generally what has happened in the past couple of days so yeah thank you for listening and continuing and we're super excited and i mean this past week i was at a blitz trip to virginia to dc to speak at blogger week which is on their fourth year this was their fourth year which was super awesome because it's all like ladies and i talked about it looked like WordPress. such a good turnout by the it way it was like um she said they sold 160 to 180 tickets and people were the night before we were doing happy hour and people were still coming up and buying yeah. tickets and so there were three tracks three room and my talk 
talk was in the um, larger area. But I mean, all of the talks that I went to were pretty awesome. I got to meet some cool women, learn some stuff, understanding more about the DC area and like more of their like bloggers because I well, the last time we were in DC I didn't talk to any bloggers and I got to see some of my friends who live up there while I was up there but you know we're going through the conference and we're doing all these things and of course we're using Twitter as a medium and that's my medium for when I'm yeah. at an event I'm usually on Twitter and I kind of do some Instagram stories now since that's a thing but before I would always tweet and kind of live tweet because I want the organizers to get that kind of feedback from me attending and being a speaker and the fact that I didn't pay anything to get here and I'm just here living my free life so of course you're on Twitter and then you see that the world is on fire and it's burning down to the ground literally like you know I feel like an hour away from DC outside at UVA there is this crazy alt-right protest that's happening at the same time that had been happening since the day before I think it started did it start on the Friday Um, or was Saturday the first day of it I don't I don't know I'm not I feel like it started on Saturday but I mean like really like when you look at it it's in in a sense it starts beforehand because it's like it really starts when these permits start going through right. and then and then you have you know um it started to hit the media more exactly. so with airbnb banning yeah people airbnb who were, banning people i think that's and, when and it kind of hit stuff. the tech so there news. was definitely like that lead up to it and then you know if you follow political news like you were kind of hearing about it already and then of course it happened and then you saw no, it did start Friday. I remember Friday night there was kids. Torches. Yeah, there's that picture of the um, students who were in the middle surround. So it did start Friday night actually, yeah. and went over and the into Saturday. And yeah, stuff. so it's you know it's kind of been like a an ongoing weekend thing, and uh, yeah, it's you know it's like it's one of those things that I'm not surprised. You know, like I I don't know. Right. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised how surprised. Other people are surprised. I Other think, yeah, the, the you know, reaction from most people who aren't people of color was very it's much like, like shock. oh my word, is this still America? And from somebody that's grown up in the South, <laughs> Eastern United States of America, in, you know, Georgia of all places. I mean, when I went to school, there was an area not too far from where I went to school in high school that held Klan rallies regularly. And there was still, you know, that's not a... Yeah. I'm like, and that was 2007, 2006, 2000, two, no, it was 2005, 2006. There were still people like down the road from where I went to high school at, you know, holding clan rallies. So to me, it never stopped. And so I think it's so interesting to see how far removed other people are. And it's interesting. In terms of because, race relations in the, yeah, the United States. Yeah, I think with like when we look at like police brutality and things like that, now that we have video, <clears throat> it what we've been saying all along finally becomes you know yeah something but that i think even then however people, i was gonna say yeah. people are able to ignore it if they don't follow those news streams yeah or they see they feel like because pr- or they're like oh i didn't see the whole story i didn't see the whole whatever. story or yeah. this person was a criminal so whereas this has become something that it's a little harder for them to ignore especially because the images that we're not seeing are not of people of color they're of white people being hateful right and so it's harder for them to ignore and so people are like i am in shock and i'm like well i mean we kind of told you that this is coming. Well, black women told you. Yeah, like we, we kind of told, told you that this is coming. So, you know, for this episode, I kind of just kind of wanted to get into how to practice self-care while running a business and running a business in this political climate. And I think that, you know, it's safe to say that majority of our listeners are women, are people of color, are people that are have been othered by society. But even if we have listeners that are cis straight white men, I would like to think that they would have morals. And so if they're listening to us, like, I hope so. like if, they're, if you're listening to two black girls, then, Unless then you're you hate have listening, which I mean, still listen, because, you know, listening yeah, is our and money. So, so I feel fine. like all of our like if you even if you're a straight white man at this point, you're looking at that and you're just like, um, like you're going to need to practice self-care because you're going to need to be out there fighting the good fight and trying to deal with all of this uh, nonsense that's happening right now. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's and I will say beforehand and upfront is like I, a lot of people are having this self care conversation and this wellness conversation. It's becoming kind of a movement on a larger 
uh, cycle of this thing and sometimes it is backed by corporate money so sometimes it's not as like you know corporations are saying that this holistic movement that's kind of been a thing are now backing it with their corporate money and kind of making it kind of a bigger machine mm-hmm. and it's not always authentic and so I don't yeah, and I think, think like, people think it's like taking a bath right like, oh self-care I'm taking a bath and it's like or I'm self-care and I'm like bath. not doing my work like to me I'm like I have such yeah. an important balance of mm-hmm. yeah it's important to have self-care but also you need to be paying your bills and yeah, doing it's your like work and showing up. Yeah, it's like self-care doesn't need to be, and it can, obviously it can be sitting on the couch watching Netflix eating ice cream. And I get that's it. That's not the but only way yeah, to do it. There's different ways to do it. And it's also just important that your whole life, like, I, and this is something that a lot of the podcasts I listen to, especially on self-care they've been talking about recently because a lot of people are having these conversations and not understanding and being like, oh, I had a really hard day, meaning like I wrote one email and now I'm going to self-care and then I'm done. And that's, that's not... You don't like you, you can't don't, hear bills that yeah, way. Figure it out and get it. Like when things like this happen in the world again. Like I said, I was at a conference, so it's you know unfortunate. We're all stressed <laughs> out and we're all doing things, but the conference can't stop. People have already yeah. paid me. Like I couldn't be like, you know what? I'm not going to speak right now because I need to have a moment of silence for the Nazis and like the people out here fighting the good fight. Like there's time and a place to approach things and have your self care moments. And I did have a self care moment after the conference. I went back to my Airbnb and I chilled out before I went to go meet a friend. And then we sat and did But I, I think in a sense, it. being there was probably a form of self care as well. Because eh, it's you, lots eh, of black people. It was you work, know. though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm it, mm. Okay, well, just kidding. I was like, I was working. I mean, and Alice was working the whole time I was up there. It's not just I went up and and shot the garbage. I, like, literally was on my phone emailing, putting, pushing sites live on the plane, like. But, yeah. But there's ways to practice self-care and still run your business, still be productive. And even even practice it while you are working and getting paid. Self-care time doesn't have to be time that you're off the clock and and it's not like the only way you can take care of yourself is if you are actively not doing anything or having downtime which do not get me wrong I think those things are incredibly important I think as I've mentioned 8,000 times on this podcast I love sleep so much sleep is such a big thing but you're not sleeping like while you're supposed to be working yeah so it's like I I sleep every day but I also work every day so kind of getting into it um the first point is working with people who are accepting of who you are and I think that this is incredibly important for, for everyone. Um, and when I say who you are, like not just your skin color and your religion and things like that, but yeah. you know, your belief your system and, and all, yeah, all of those things. I had um, a client before who didn't want her picture on her website when I did her rebrand because she didn't want people to know she was black because she was like, well, I think I'll sell more stuff if people think I'm white, so I'm just not gonna put my photo on there. I think that it is very problematic and disheartening because at the end of the day, like you want people to work with you who are going to accept who you are and going to be, you know, thrilled and positive to work with you because you're exactly who you are. And if you're surrounding yourself with these clients that literally just don't wouldn't want to work with you based on just the the color of your skin or anything, that's not a good uh, business setup because a few, like you might start getting money at first, but a few years down the road, you're going to realize like, wow, I built a brand and I built a business around clients that don't like me and don't share the same values as me. And now I'm kind of stuck in this situation. Uh, For me, I'm very, very vocal about who I am and like what my political beliefs are and that sort of thing. So when I have a client come to me, I most likely assume like this is a person who probably has like similar values uh, or at least accepts and respects my values, you know, because it's I'm just very loud about all of this all over the Internet. So it's it's not like a secret. Um, But I feel like you kind of have to be because if not, you're going to end up working with people like you should never be in a position where let's see, like like let's say you're, you know, married you're a man married to a man and you don't want to have to be there like not being able to talk about your husband when you're not you know when you're speaking to a client obviously you're not going to go on and on and on about your relationship but i'm saying like if you're like oh sure i can make that meeting my husband and i have dinner and then i will be there it's like you shouldn't have to hide that aspect of who you are it just doesn't make any sense i mean i think there's also like to her point of making more money being a woman of color but not like being projecting myself as a, as a white woman and it, I think un- that's an unfortunate side effect of society and again mm-hmm. going back to the larger conversation of why you know I don't know why, why people are surprised in the first place about this whole thing when you guys consistently yeah because that was years ago this yeah, particular client exactly. I think it was about three or four this years ago like, brand- it was but like one of my first something that I, and I know a lot of people she's not the, probably yeah, like, I know a lot not. of people who do this who own businesses that are own you know that don't have like a face 
behind them just because they want to get the maximum result and I do think unfortunately if they did put their picture or their their face or their information out there they would not make as much money and they wouldn't be as successful and I think that just goes so much to show about the society and how we treat people so I think some part of self-care is understanding if you're going to go into that route and say oh I'm gonna you know I'm deciding to take myself out of the equation and especially and I think it's a little bit easier with product-based businesses because it is yeah it's not much so much about you exactly and a lot of products are now for us it's yeah when it's a service-based business of course you can't hide like you can't hide your face being a web developer or being a web designer or being a consultant because you are who you are but also I wouldn't I think putting on a facade or saying that I really like I I am totally conservative and I also hate these marginalized groups as well and I'm totally one of the guys and I hate women that's not going to help you in the long run you don't want to just do things for a check so I do agree like depending on where you are mentally socially economically if you're okay with making less money than a white dude would make doing the same thing you are which you're most likely going to anyway you're not then you take it 100% and you work and focus on the people who are going to pay you what you're worth for what you do don't you know lower your bottom line just keep your business where it needs to be and go forth in what you're trying to do which side note um like hashtag this is not us or let's not like let's not like let's not and i'm just like not no no really you don't think so because i would beg to differ um so another thing that you can do to practice self-care while running your business and actually running your business is working on a side project that helps you heal or helps inspires you or helps others um, in your community and one example that I have of this personally is that I have done like a photo essay um, that just basically highlights the beauty and diversity of black skin and um, Angelica's actually been in it and I've photographed a few other people and basically it's it's just been fun we've played with paint and just to kind of like play with the beautiful different tones that you know and the diversity that that makes up different types of black skin um so and it's just kind of an ongoing project it's not really for anything but me it's just a fun way to get to showcase like what I can do behind the camera and um, just like my creativity and that sort of thing. And it just, when I shoot those sort of projects, like I just feel better. I hope I inspire other people. I hope I inspire, you know, people of color to be more confident in who they are. Because to me, like I kind of think that like the way that I view the images is like I'm seeing someone who's like a warrior meaning not like in a fighting like physical way but in a way that's just like going through life with black just, skin is, I was gonna is, say existing is a challenge as you are. yeah it's it's just sometimes a challenge to it's be able, existing always, as a person a of color is an act of resistance exactly and so for me it's like this this paint is kind of like the armor um that like black people are wearing and so that's what that photo essay is about to me and doing that sort of thing and just getting to work with other people of color and having like seeing them be fierce in front of the camera and like smiling and like celebrating themselves and like how beautiful they are like that's just very healing for me obviously and the person who I'm photographing and hopefully the people who view it so I think also working with with different people whether it be like people of color like women or you know just work with anybody who's different from you I think there's just an opportunity people you can learn from you know being inclusive of your work also allows you to grow and be inspired and learn different things in the way that different people do things and I think there's important to open yourself to the opportunities of collaboration I think collaborating is one of the best ways to do something that's a self-care practice because you're not going through something alone you're finding people who also have your same shared beliefs and core values and you guys are able to create something that actually is worthwhile and helps other people so definitely do those things i mean i I, like i'm big on site like i have nine thousand site projects all the time but i don't talk about them because it's not not your business (laughs) it's for me it ain't about you um and i'm also a lot of the times i'm investing in other people who are of marginalized groups you know with my own personal time or you know like for instance i just did the Orlando Lady Devs, you know, branding that I had worked on a while ago, just because that's something that I wanted to do, because I wanted to make sure that women in tech are represented, and they have a, you know, we have a face here in Orlando, and we're not just hiding behind the veil of, you know, other men, and we're we're our own group, and that was important to me to work on that and do that on my own time, and that's something I got paid for, it was a super big project, it's just something that was inspiring and healing, and now, you know, the women in this industry who are here locally have something that actually represents them, they have an icon that 
that is their thing and that's going to be put on merchandise and, and be used in conferences and when they go to speak and those things so i think it's just important to find things like we said that are healing for you inspire mm-hmm. you and also empower other people as and well it's, it's such i think of everything on the list like this is like probably the easiest one to do and the i think possibly like the most fulfilling in a sense because just there's so many different ways to do it there's you know there's so many ways to go about it. There's just infinite possibilities. It doesn't have to be a project that you make money from. Um, it doesn't need to be a project, honestly, even that you share, depending on like what it yeah. is. If it's something that you, you just you don't need always to do have to you. share things on the internet because you're sharing, like you're sharing by collaborating in a sense. You know, like if you collaborate, so it's you know. So yeah, there's just so many ways to do it, and man, I, I hope you share it though, and I hope you. Uh, you know, tweet it to us or hashtag you know Boston Hearts so we can see it because I certainly could use it and I love seeing um, other artists do things like I know we had like Christine on here who does fine art and she's been doing a lot of projects that just uh, revolve around just like blackness and the black experience yeah, she and just she makes a new art in collection. a way that's so different than you know other things that I've seen so being able to see the things she does like they're just it's, it's super inspiring and empowering to me so awesome so um, so the other thing is taking breaks from social media um which I know can be a challenge for some of you, depending on what your job is. I mean, I know for me, I need to be on social media every day. I It's one of the first things that I do, not my own social media, but getting on for clients at 7 a.m. Uh, it's, it's the first like business task that I do every day. Um, and so I can't just say I'm not going to go on social media at all, right? Like that's just not really an option for me. I need to go in and post certain things. Um, I need to go in and interact in certain ways. However, I can shield myself from certain things. And of course, like I do think it's important to stay up on what the news is and be informed. But after a certain amount of time, you're reading the same things, you're yeah. seeing the same images. and. Some, on some days, maybe you're fired up and it gets you to go do something and that's great. On other days, you might feel overwhelmed and you might feel like there's nothing you can do and you might feel stressed out and that's when you know that you need to take a break for a bit. And so it's as simple as just making sure that you're just not looking at those things, maybe not scrolling. So instead, I will just go on and post what I need to post. I will go on and interact specifically where I need to interact and not spend my time scrolling and going through everything and seeing yeah. everything One of that's my design up. friends, they were talking about, because um, they took a break from social media, but they're like, I have to post some work and whatever. And they're like, maybe I should just create an app where it's just me posting my stuff to social media and not being able to. I mean, you know, there's apps that do that, obviously. Yeah. But like, you know, that are more personable, especially for designers. Like, something that you can post a dribble, but you're not on dribble like any other people's work. Um, so it'd be really like if you are worried about being sucked into the timeline, other people's things, or the comparison game, or whatever may cause you stress and, and insecurity, I think you should go on something like Buffer or Planoly or all those yes. other things and get on there and then post your stuff and then you don't have to worry about it. Just walk away. Like, you're gone. You don't have to log in and look at it because it's posted and you don't need to see it. And Except for Planoly, but yeah. Yeah, it's just like... It's, it's like you just... You don't really actually have to do anything. Yeah. You just kind of go in and... Organize yeah. and, and, and that's And that's exactly what I do. I mean, I do that every day because if not, I wouldn't be able to post all things in yeah. this. But like, don't, don't... I definitely do that. And, you know, because I'm like, at this point, I've seen... I've seen it. I've read the article. You know what I mean? It's like... At a certain point, you've had to say, okay, enough is enough. And I do like, and that's the thing is we all work, not all of us, but most of us work near the computer, at least for good portions of the day. And many of us do our own marketing, you know, and that sort of thing. So it's, we're going to be in contact with a computer, but that doesn't mean that we have to read every article. An important thing is don't have push notifications for social media. Like that's an easy thing to put your phone on airplane mode while you're working if you want to stay focused and not worry about other things that's something that you can say if you can like if somebody does your social media um or even if you think that you're you know you can just post and maybe not do any interactions for a little while and you really feel like you need to take a break do that don't be afraid to take like like you'd be surprised sometimes what like two days away from social media can do for someone that is constantly on it yeah it's gonna say i don't i don't know that life but god bless you people who are on there i don't <laughs> yeah because there's some people that you know that they are feel like the pressure to post and be on yeah, there and posting have to every be, day and it's, and it's like, like if you're if you're on and you're it's great not doing all the time, it <laughs> and you know your your audience isn't going anywhere non-stop. yeah for, if you take two days off your audience is not going to go anywhere do not be afraid to say you know what this is a lot and i'm going to take the weekend or i'm going to take these two days or whatever and just not deal with this and not see this anymore that's completely fine 
Um, another thing you can do when you're practicing self-care or running a business is checking in with your creative and entrepreneur friends. And I mean, this could be literally like as simple as just sending a text or email to people that are like maybe also kind of dealing with the same things like, oh man, there's a lot going on and like this is my business, we have similar businesses or whatever. Or again, back to going to like collaborating on side projects and stuff, you can do that. But just kind of checking in with people that also run businesses. I know that, um, you know, for us here in Orlando when we went through everything with Pulse, like a lot of us didn't work that day that owned businesses because it was just chaos and scary and well people were out giving blood or like yeah you know organizing yeah, people were organizing or people were volunteering working at the call bank, um, you know, people all were stuff. just stuck in traffic trying to give blood like it was just there was a lot of things going on so you know checking in with people during days like that you know or or just days like these now um is just important and just other people that might be having a hard time focusing on work or might be having a hard time, you know, getting the work done and, and staying off the internet or whatever. Sometimes having a conversation with them, maybe maybe talking about what's going on or maybe talking about something different if that's yeah. what you, you know, like call them and be like, hey, how's your kid? I need something to distract me. Tell me something Literally. your kid did today Anything. or whatever. Yeah. I think um, my friend Brittany Miner, who is from Clumps of Mascara, she went to a Facebook group. In her group, she's really like very clear about like checking in on people because women, especially women of color, we're so focused on other people people and taking care yes. of other people and so we don't get to ask the question of how are you how, like literally how are you doing how's your mental health and that's really so much and she's going to be in the show in next in two weeks so i'm super excited to have her on and talk to her about why she does that and why that's important but that's something that you should be doing or make it a part of your routine and i'm consistently always checking in with different people or having meetings or going to coffee or going to see people you know when i was in dc i went to you know have ramen with two of my creative friends because i'm like how are you guys doing what's going on like what what's life like in dc how's your business going how's your new job going those are things that's just easy to do takes no time it's really like just you know having empathy and caring about other Mm -hmm. people and embracing community versus competition and not being worried about oh well i'm not going to reach in and see how they're doing during this time i'm going to take advantage of the fact that they're not on social media because they are going through you know there are people who think like that unfortunately and i see it a lot like photographers y'all are y'all be out here like waiting for people to have down moments like oh no something bad happened to this child like i'm gonna reach out to her client base and see if they need a new photographer i literally see those things all the time in this photography community i don't know what's happening out there with photographers but those are some sharks so i feel like i say this every episode because i do (laughs) i see these people are crazy out there but don't do those things when you see someone struggling go out and reach out to them and just say hey is there anything i can do to help or like you just need to have a conversation or just asking how are you doing and be Mm -hmm. if you're not prepared to deal with the reality of that then don't ask and don't reach out yeah that's also like not just i feel better about myself because i asked five people how they're doing today no it's really being empathetic yeah how you are how are you and how being compassionate. Are not the same. No. Then they're not the same. No. Same. If you're no. saying hello to someone, you're saying hello. If you're asking someone, hey, how are you doing? You're asking how, how they're doing, are. and actually expect an actual response. I mean, most times people aren't going to get deep with you, and they're going to be very surface level. But if you ask how are you, and somebody tells them tell you how they're doing, then you need to be prepared to respond, you know, efficiently and mm-hmm. compassionately. So and kind of just you know right off of that point is just checking in with people from other marginalized groups. So in addition to checking in with your entrepreneur and creative friends, check in with your, you know, people that are in other marginalized groups, maybe the same as your own, maybe different ones. If you are a white woman, and I know that we have a lot of awesome white ladies that listen to this podcast, check in with your people of color friends. It's such an important thing to yeah. do right now. Check in with your people. If you're like, a right, your black woman right now, check in with your Jewish friends, please yes, and thank you. I don't exactly. think people are really understanding the ramifications yes, of having somebody that embodies a, an ideal and a spirit like that two of my, almost genocide a whole, yeah, you know, Two of my ethnicity. best friends are Jewish and... It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's rough. Like, I mean, I understand how you feel because I'm a woman, I'm a black woman, I was enslaved. But it's like, you don't want that for anyone else. And I think that that's, you know, like, I, I know, and of course, like, I, I, of course still want to check in on my black friends, but it's like, it sounds weird, but it's like, I know my black friends are okay because I know we've all been dealing with I mean, this and we never, about this. This has never, never stopped. stopped. This has just always been and, our life. And, and not to say that they haven't dealt with yeah. obviously a lot as well too, but 
now this coming up is just you know it's, it's very disheartening to yeah. see it in media all the time in your face i think it's, it's not that you haven't experienced it's like we've but, been seeing the confederate yeah. flag all especially here in the south like we've seen the confederate flag all the time so to see it it's like it's not yeah, like we i'm don't see overjoyed but i'm also all the not time. <laughs> you know exactly i'm not shocked to see a confederate flag but to see like a swastika like out of nowhere all the time everywhere all the time now. all of a sudden on tattoos like, on people on hats it's just on, crazy. on flags on cars on bumper stickers on yeah. you know social media and this is how the confederate flag has been down here in the south for i mean well yeah ever um like in orlando we're lucky it's not as bad but i mean if you want to drive anywhere out of orlando you're going to see it doesn't matter if you go up down yeah, i was gonna say you know, if you drive side. literally like to sanford you're gonna see it yeah like, it's sorry. like if you're trying to go to tampa there's the biggest flag I've ever yeah. seen in my life that's also, it happens to be a Confederate flag, and it's, like, on the way to Tampa every time you want to go. It's, li- I've never seen a flag. It's, like, as big as a small it's house. Gigantic. Like it's gigantic. So, we, I feel like we, as black people, we always are reminded, especially recently with the media and, in, you know, police brutality, it's always in our face mm-hmm. of that. But I think in terms of being, like, a Jewish person and actually seeing this, you know, Nazism and this all right and this white nationalism and white pride and all this stuff about, you know, being against just specifically again like embracing the fact that the holocaust was a thing these people are very excited and they're like this this is what you deserved and da 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 and saying these words and it's just it's super crazy it's super like okay well here we are rewinding back to you know 1939 once again with these people who are embracing these ideals to hate someone just based on their ethnicity or their beliefs it's so I mean, and I feel like LGBT people have dealt with this, and they still do. And they like yeah. it's just it's so crazy. I think with now just the specific targeting of Jewish people from these people because it, it makes it crazy. feel as if I think more like we're like going backwards. Yeah, because like, Slowly, a lot, like, like I yeah. think white people last fall were like, oh my goodness, we're going backwards. Black people are being treated bad. And we're like, no, this has been happening the whole time. Yeah, LGBT has been treated about? bad the whole time. So it didn't feel like it was backwards. It just kind of felt like stagnant. We're in the same position, I mean, but now this kind of makes us feel like okay. So now we're this is we're going right. back. And also this like way. the active, you know, from a Hollywood perspective, Hollywood being so active in not engaging Asian people right now. Like I don't understand. Oh my gosh, why Hollywood's so against like having male ridiculous. leads and, and female leads who are Asian women and men. Like that's another I mean, thing. Like, like it's so crazy. It's mind blowing. So it's, it's just there's so many things. So check out with those people because they're all dealing. With different struggles right now and I really think with entertainment right now you know there's so many amazing Asian American and Asian artists and entertainers who are trying to build their own Hollywood just based mm-hmm. on all of the you know the prejudice and the backlash they've gotten from these producers who are people who also are sometimes Especially in marginalized like, groups it's okay, crazy Ghost in the Shell bombed and you're still gonna act this way okay then Okay. Like, we've shown you that we can make the money. That's the thing, is when you put people of color in these roles, like, we've shown you, like, Girls Trip is, like, the number one movie in America right now, or whatever. Get out. um, We've shown you we can make the money. Put us all in movies. All of us. All of our brown and Asian people. Yes. And let's say, like, a big thing is when you're checking in with marginalized groups, please make sure that you're listening. Um, yeah. Make sure that you're listening to and other support people other people's causes. Just listening to what they have to say. Like, I know when I'm speaking to my trans friends, like, I just listen. I, I'm like, what do you need to tell me? What do I need to know? You tell me. Let me listen. I think that's one of the the issues that a lot of people that are reaching right. out to others is they're like, I'm going to tell you all these things instead of just sometimes it's like, just listen. You just need to step just back listen. and listen. And believe it or not, like the reason I think it is such a big part of self-care is because I think you feel better when you help people and you can help your friends just simply by being there and by listening yeah. to what they have to say. That's, I'm not saying go out help. and reach out to all of your, like, oh, I gotta reach out to one Asian and one Latino and one yeah, transgender and one genderqueer. <laughs> like, don't do that. Don't pick, start playing the rainbow game and, like, start <laughs> shooting dartboards at different, like, marginalized groups. Reach out to the people who you actually have relationships with, who you think might be okay because you see them every day, but they, they're not. Like, we, yeah. nobody's okay when there's hatred being presented to you for just existing and the most important thing that you can do to practice self-care while running a business in this economy in this climate in this political nonsense and bullshit that is america at the moment is to do things that bring you joy just doing what makes you happy is an act of resistance being happy being happy and brown being happy and female being happy and gay or trans 
any of these things are an act of resistance. So do what makes you happy. If you love running your business, if you love the services you provide, you love your clients, you love your customers, you love making the products that you make, the art you create, whatever it is, do it and do more of it and don't let anyone stop you from doing it every single day. Right, and support people who are also doing the same things and that's one way that you can help other people in marginalized groups. Retweet businesses or people who are in different groups help that's that should make you first of all that should bring you joy and that brings me joy mm-hmm. a lot of the times i mean we just had like women in tech brag day on twitter over friday and saturday and that was fantastic to see all these women come together and talk about all the things that they've done to make the internet to make the world a better place what if they in me going through and retweeting and a lot of my friends you know who are just you know cis straight white dudes are going through and making sure that they're retweeting and making an effort that these women's posts are seen and making sure a conscious effort of seeing that women of color and people of color are seen and just make sure you because to me that should bring you joy and that's what Mm -hmm. brings me joy a lot of the times make sure that uplift people who are because i mean my business is fine i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing there's nobody unless i get like you know i don't know stopped physically i'm going to continue doing what i'm doing because i love what i do and i love empowering other people and i love building brands and helping people see their you know in designing and making art and all these things so i'm not gonna stop doing what i'm doing but i get so much joy of making sure that other people feel empowered to do what they do and that's really what you should be doing. Go out there and do awesome things. Go forth and, and bring joy to yourself by bringing joy to other people. So if you have any other um, great ways to practice self-care while being an entrepreneur or a creative, um, be sure to share those with us uh, You know, on the internet or whatever. We'd love to retweet you and share that information with our listeners as well. Um, and we're going to get into some listener questions this boom, boom, week. Boom, boom, boom. So our first one is a great one. What is in your purse slash carry-on when you travel for work and or for fun? Carry-on. So you just got back from a trip, so I'll let you I go first. I did just get back from a trip. So I am, I like, when I travel solo, I, I carry on. If I have my family with me, we always check a bag, number one. I'm not... Those people who are out here with, like, four carry-ons and, like, kids and stuff, God bless you. I'm paying that 50 <laughs> bucks both ways to get that luggage on the plane. I'm not out here trying to have a, a sparkly pink, like... Oh, gosh. Ca- like, I see kid, people with their whole family each have their carry-on, own bag and I'm like, and how do you... Houseway, how? Good bless you. Good for you. But nah, fam, not for me. That's too many car- And also, the plane always is usually full, and then you end up having to check them anyway. Anyway, so I always um, I check a bag. I mean, I take a, like, if I'm by myself, I carry on. Um, but what I had with me this time, I, I've been using this backpack that I got specifically for New York, um, which has been great. So I, I took that with me. And I also took an extra tote bag just because I like to have a smaller bag just when I'm in the city and, and navigating and not having to have the giant backpack on me. But because I there's that thing of check-in time always being way later than when you arrive. It's like, what do you do with your bag? But I mm-hmm. went to the Smithsonian and I checked it into a locker, hey, hey. <laughs> which is like, and so I was yeah. like, oh, I'm back for you or whatever for the day. Um, but what I put in usually is just like small toiletries. Um, I always have a notebook with me. I don't carry with most of, I, I don't have a laptop presently, so I don't take a laptop with me. I do all my work at my iMac, um, it, which it suits me and it helps me be focused. So I try not to, but I do take my phone and my phone is my, I can do so much stuff on mobile and I make sure I build sites and stuff that that way I have access. I have my Google Drive. I had three battery packs with me for charging my phone. Cause again, mm-hmm. like I said, I was working the whole time on my phone. Um, so I make sure I have those and those are super important to me right now. And again, um, I had a USB, which to take with me when I go to conferences, when I'm speaking, just to have my speech there. And I also uploaded to Google Drive cause it's on the cloud, which worked for me this time. Cause when I uploaded my USB into the device, it did not register it. Mm. So it was easy for me to just go and download my slides and not worry. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge food person, so I don't bring a, a ton of food with me. That's weird. But I bring a water bottle always so I can always refill my water at the airport because um, you can't bring water through TSA. You just have to wait. Blah, blah, blah. Sure, I'll, I always bring a reusable water bottle. Um, and I, when I usually am gone for a longer period of days, I also bring in an extra like recyclable like carry-on tote bag just yes, for groceries those are so great. the bagus are my favorite to go because they're super easy they I've had my bagu now for like two three years it has not broken i love it i have a bagu tote that's also like a, a purse type bag that I, I used to bring with me pre having a child but it was yeah. fantastic because it would fit things and it, it was really good so i really like bagu bags for traveling in general but what happened with my backpack is halfway i'm done at the smithsonian i'm taking 
taking it. No, I think I'm like switching. I'm at trying to like I'm done walking around. I'm in like the little solarium. My zipper broke on this backpack. Like just completely just fell off. And I'm like, oh cool, this backpack was not cheap. Yeah, let's see if so it's a travel backpack. It is not cheap. Pissed, but I'm glad I brought that tote bag with me because yeah. then I could just transfer everything to my tote that I could, and that also like so that just do that. Um, clothes, I always just take a couple of. I t- this time I only took like three outfits. I was only gone for two days, um, and I I'm not an overpack. Like I, I am when I have my kid, but when I'm by myself, I'm kind of like. And what, you, it's not even overpacking it right. when you have a kid. And you never know. What happened is also again I went and I'm like, oh, I'm, I got my stuff ready for tomorrow. I'm gonna wear this thing. Blah blah blah. I get it and I take my shirt out and my shirt has gotten a giant. My dryer that I dried it right before like a wrinkle release cycle, it ripped a giant hole. In the back, so I had to go to H and M and buy a completely different outfit. And to be fair, it was super cute. I have no regrets. It was adorable. But I, I you know, those are things that uh-huh. I think about. So just yeah. super annoying. So those are the things I kind of keep with me. I don't. I mean, I, I had some like healthcare thing. I mean, some things. But I like. I always complain about hair care products. Yes. When traveling, because yes. it's very difficult to find products that travel size products for natural yeah, hair. Yeah, and you need a, like like you need you more, need especially me. Like my hair is very long. Yeah, like need I stuff. need a lot of product. Like I, I don't need this little tiny need amount a of, lot product. of product. I think honestly, if you have melanin, you should get maybe a bigger size. Cause, or like, if your hair is long, I, I feel like know. the TSA should just be like, I'm sorry, and you can just bring it. But I luckily the conference on the way back gave me like a crap ton of travel size, and so now that I like that, you can just put all your travel size things in one zip bag versus having the three three ounce like that was the worst but now that we can put i put all the mfs in my travel bag and i'm taking them with me for my next trip because they are fantastic and they're really great and i'll put the brand in the show notes in the link because if you have a natural hair product company make travel size that's just gonna be my PSA. Because not a lot of them do, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, lo- I mean, it's hard to find good lotion and body butters yeah. that fit in that little three ounce. Like, a lot of the ones that I have are giant or, like, the exfoliating scrubs that I use are giant. And I'm, like, giant. a travel nerd, so I have, like, John and I have, like, separate containers yeah. that oh. are, like, and that we put oh, in Oh, no, we are not so. going. We're no, 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 we don't share. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, not to yeah, share, but, but I mean, I mean like, separate, like, like, yeah, I know, like, yeah, small. Like, no, yeah, I have to. Ones, yeah. Well, I have but to. But it's, before. like, I prefer, because then then everything is just a white Yeah, because now I'm not just, right. Thing. Like, you just don't know what is exactly. what. Exactly. So then I have to so label it, and a lot of stuff, I do that for my daughter's stuff, because, again, it's, like, you have to do it for some things. And we have different hair types, so we don't use the same hair products as well. Like, our hair is slightly different, and it makes a big difference on what, like, her porosity is high porosity mine's low so i have to use different products for my hair versus what she uses so i have to when we travel together have to put her stuff in this thing you know how hard it's gonna be when i have a child and all of us have different hair because you know i can't use anything john uses it's not just in mess. the slightest. Although he did try to use my shampoo once, and I went through the roof. Mm-mm. I was like, "Do you know how expensive natural my hair is? shampoo is? Too expensive." Do you? Like, absolutely not. Fam. <laughs> not me. Uh, so for John and I, um, we normally travel together because even if I'm traveling for work. Um, because he's a teacher, it's really easy for him to get time off if he knows ahead of time. Also, because my family lives literally all like all up and down the East Coast. I'm talking like the um, like American Canadian border, right? And then all the way down to like Florida, like down below yeah. Miami. So we always like try to, if we can, you know, do work and play. The only trip that I can think of in the last five years where I did not work at all was when we went on the cruise right. to like. Central and South America, and that was because we're like on a cruise. You just don't like it's expensive to try to work, basically. Um, so normally we are working, so I do bring work stuff with me. Um, because we don't have any kids, it makes it a lot easier for us to bring carry-ons. Um, plus, I'm always worried about like losing a check bag. So we normally, if we can, and unless unless we're like we try not to do layovers or whatever. So it's like if it's not going to be too much, yeah, hassle, we'll say, try to do layover a life. carry-on. Mm-hmm. You know, you just pay more money. Um, exactly. <laughs> so we normally like we have like the we have really great um, suitcases from uh, Swiss Army that just go yeah. right above, um, and so that's not a problem. And then poor John doesn't really get to have his own carry-on because I have a backpack that is specifically just made for camera equipment right. and that is his carry-on aka my second carry-on yeah. so in that I bring all of my photography gear because I bring it most places that I go um, and then also it has a space for my laptop as well so I normally slip that in there which is perfect um, and just d- what what I bring gear wise depends obviously on where I'm going I normally will just bring one body unless I'm shooting a very very specific event but if I'm right. shooting like portraits or something uh, or if I'm just shooting uh 
landscapes and such, then I'm just bringing one body. If I was, like, going to go shoot a very, very specific event that's happening at just one point in time, then I'd probably bring two bodies just because I like to have a backup body when it comes to events. Um, And then, of course, the lenses just depend on, you know, if I'm going to city or country or what what I'm doing. Um, And then as far as, like, my personal... So that's what he has with him, and he keeps, like, under his chair, like, all carefully and whatnot. So in, like, my other backpack I keep my purse in my backpack yeah because I just think it's easier, it's easier. going through yeah like when you're wheeling a you know like a um a suitcase and everything it's just easier to have a backpack on so I put my purse in my backpack um and in there like there's a lot of things they have to have and so a lot of these things it's kind of like my carry-on and John's carry-on at that point we just kind of keep it all in the same spot so I need to have my favorite pen which I can only buy from the JFK airport um, and I, I normally have like seven ish at a time, but I always have to have like two when I'm traveling. Um, I have a travel notebook that my grandfather uh, talked me into keeping so that I write about my travels, which let me say I'm not always the best about keeping up with it, but I try. Um, I always have like an idea notebook on me to just where I'm jotting down. Like, so uh, that's just something I keep with me at all times. So that's normally with me and a book because I keep a book with me at all times. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I only have... brought one book, by the way, and that was dumb. Yeah. I only brought one book. And I like, <laughs> yeah, boy, I like texted it. Sure I texted my friends like, and I was like, books. why did I not bring more than? Because I read that yeah. book literally before, most of it before I even got on the plane. I say, and then I bring like my, my Kindle Fire and that will normally have like, books queued up on it it'll normally have like shows or movies queued up obviously we often have in-flight entertainment but just like in the in the event that like the in-flight entertainment would go out i need to make sure that john has entertainment because he like he's a lot better in flying than he used to be but he needs to be entertained so i'm like i have that just to be sure we had we had three backup battery packs one of them broke in europe so now we only have two um I have like a mini bag, like you said, like mine is from Ikea. It's like the Ikea one that kind of just folds up into its Mm -hmm. own pocket. So I normally bring one to two of those everywhere. Obviously like my headphones. Um, I like to bring a backup outfit, just like something just in case. Stuff goes wrong on the plane. Somebody spills coffee on you. I don't know. So I want to have something that's like easily accessible. And it's always something that's like easy, just like a plain black t-shirt and like black leggings, like nothing crazy, but just something that can be rolled up. Like just in case you never know what's going to happen on a plane. Planes could be gross. Um, And then I love to have like a hair wrap because my hair, just the way that it is, if I lay back, it just flattens. Um, and yeah, so it's just sometimes it's easy for me to just like throw it up into a wrap. So I just, even if I'm not wearing it, I like to just have it again, really available instead of packed into in my stuff just to pull out. It could be a hair emergency. It could be raining when you get out of the plane. Exactly. Like you just never know. Like you need to be prepared. So I like to have my hair wrap. And then the most important thing above all, anything else that I pack, I would rather leave everything else but this is my meds (laughs) because I get I like flying flying doesn't like me so strangely enough I don't really get sick during majority of the flight I get sick when we land um so even if I'm like oh I feel fine I think everything is great when we land is when there'll be issues and it's not every single time I fly but it's like it's enough that now I just take meds to like avoid it I think a lot of it has to do with like dehydration because I dehydrate very easily so it's just it's very easy to dehydrate dehydrate on a plane plane, yeah exactly pressurized so I just make sure that I always have my meds and I always have like a, a bottle of water going you know to into it um and so I normally take my meds I wait to take them once we're boarded but like before we've taken off yeah um and I try to take non drowsy but sometimes I can't because non-drowsy is like hard to find for whatever reason because um, I take drama means because so they like, just want you to go to we, bed yeah like when we were going to Europe I totally just was like I'm just going to take drowsy so I can go to sleep and yeah. I also gave it to John even though he doesn't get plane sickness but I was yeah. like I need you to sleep I can't deal with you I'm going to be out so I'm going to need you to be out too yes so yes. yeah <laughs> so yeah those are the four bags that we bring um, everywhere that we go and yeah, I'm like, there's probably more stuff in it, but I can't think of it at, at the point in time. But definitely, I'd say a notebook, meds, entertainment, hair wrap. Those are those are like the most important ones. Important situations. So our next question is, how do you add new services to what you already offer? I think people always ask this question because they're they're always intrigued by things and they're like, this sounds cool. I need to 
do that or this makes sense for my business and i think that's the first thing is does it make sense for your business yeah i was gonna uh, say it depends on like what you're offering what, or what you're adding i think a lot of people do think because other people add and do things that they have to do them so number one you don't have to do things so other people do them like let's just stop stop doing that because it's not good for you it's not great do things if you're interested if you genuinely are good at them number one it's usually a good thing so if you're a designer and you're also a fantastic hand letterer you could add hand lettering to your services that's not something that you would avoid if you've always been doing it then just it's an easy add if you're a designer and you're interested in learning hand lettering and then you take time and you learn how to do it and you learn how to do it well and then you get to a point where you're like okay this makes sense if you are a you know i don't know like if you're a bricklayer hand lettering adding it to your services probably isn't going to be much help so just make sure that the things that you're trying to do are in alignment with what your business is number one number two make sure you have the expertise to do them i see a lot of the times of i want to get started in doing this what do i do and it's like you just can't you can't uh, to me i when we've always added things to our business and in wanting to do them first of all we've always most of the time if we're not good at what we're doing we work with or outsource that somebody who's good at it anyway so mm-hmm. we're not constantly being like oh yeah we're not cinematographers like we're just not we yeah. know cinematographers and when if we and need to a, use them like that's not something that you can just do like no. that takes a lot no. of skill no. practice talent pe- like i think that there's a lot of photographers too that are just like oh um, i think i'm gonna just right. add cinematography i'm like you don't Girl, just add it it's a whole thing it's a like whole if you thing. gotta know what you're doing it's a with whole that. thing it is um, not the same thing no. as still yeah, photography so, you know i know someone and i'll add and we vetted this person or we work with them before on different projects and that's how we are able to add that service onto what we do um so i think just knowing a people who do it or if you don't do if you are good at it and just making sure that you're comfortable with now adding it to your business and then representing it and that embodies what your business stands for as well i will say i'm all about discovering exploring trying new things being creative sticking your foot into the water seeing if you like it trying it out but one thing that David actually says all the time that resonates is stay in your lane. Yep. He's on like Instagram and almost every like other Instagram story will mention, hey, by the way, stay in your lane. Get, and, get you know, I get think out of that the it's just lane. important to remember, like, I to me, everything goes back to what, what is your why? So if you want to add a service, what is your why? Is it because you're very passionate about this service? You think this service is going to be a great addition to your brand and your business and what you offer and what you can bring your clientele? You think that this is something that you're fantastic at and you offer a different perspective than the person next to you, maybe a different way to do it or whatever? Or is it something that you feel like, I feel pressured into this, I feel like, you know, my industry wants me to do this, or I feel like, you know, whatever whatever the the case (laughs) is, it needs to be your why needs to be important so if it is something that is in line with your brand is in line with your business it makes sense with your other services and you passionately want to do it then by all means like go ahead and add it and I think that the best way is just you know the same way that you would announce any other brand uh, change or any business change that's happening with just enthusiasm and happiness that you're so excited to add this new service make sure that it's clear what you're offering what the new changes are how that will impact current clients how that will impact future clients if it will impact them at all um, and what exactly the services are if it's very very hard to explain to your current clientele and your current current followers what the new service is then that might make me think maybe it's not the right yeah, fit it's kind of a so red if flag. you are a web designer and you want to start offering um singing lessons that might not all be cohesive under one brand and that might not make a lot of sense you might have people being like huh so if it's gonna you know cause that confusion i would definitely think it through and think what is the why why exactly do you want to do it mm-hmm. all right so our third and final question is what do you do when collaborations are not working out mm. i would say number one before we even get into like what to do when they're not working out is vet your people better Mm. like it's important to know someone i think for a little while which i haven't always done but knowing someone for a little (laughs) knowing someone for a little while before you know so you know their worth work ethic and that sort of thing and then have it be someone that you are able to talk to and get in contact with like if you don't have two ways of contacting them then maybe don't work with them and when i say two ways i do not mean social media at all i mean like if you don't have their phone number 
and their email address, then y'all shouldn't work together. Mm. <laughs> oh my word. This so So what to do? Because I mean I, I feel like I need help on this oh subject right word. now, so please help me. <laughs> Put me. the conversation has to happen at some point of this is not working out. And I think it's a, a dating thing. Like people who date probably are a lot like I'm used to this because it, you know, and I've been married for too long, so I don't no, Tim, but I am really good at telling, setting boundaries and knowing when something isn't working out and being like, this is where we are right now. This is A, Y, A, B, C. And you're not performing at A, B, C or you're not doing what you said you were going to do. Um, so this is not going to work. If you're going to further this collaboration or continue, then this needs to change. And I, I will take some fault in my fault for not, you know, following up with you or being more assertive or being more communicative about the, you know, what I expected and my expectations were. But since we aren't meeting expectations, we probably need to, you know, figure something out that's going to work for all of us. And a lot of the times it's just dissolving that collaboration. And that's fine. That happens and people aren't who you think they are and people aren't as, you know, they may not have the same goals as you do or they may not. Like there's some people who may have more like monetary goals in mind or some people who think it's more like, oh, it's just flighty and I just like doing cute things. Sometimes and you, you just don't even know what You don't know what their goals are. And I think that's a conversation that you, you have beforehand. <laughs> or they might say, oh, yeah, I'm very on board. I really want to do this thing. I, I'm going to, you know do a b and c and i'm going to show up and i'm going to do this and then they don't and it's just a realization that a lot of people are flaky and the internet has created this thing in which people are like i always need to look like i'm busy i always need to be doing when i look at those commercials of the rock with siri i always like oh, laugh God. because like the rock is actually like that's his life literally he's like going non-stop and going as something that you know he's making fun of but people are like i need to be like that and i need to seem busy so i need to see that i'm working the rock with- only sleeps for four hours a night by the way and he is not my role model <laughs> he sleeps for four hours a night he literally i am not about that life. works out for like an hour and oh my word dwayne johnson's out here i think that actually what he does is instead of sleeping for eight hours he sleeps for four hours and works out for four hours yeah and i know this because of my husband Dwayne Johnson does that and then like I think about someone like an Ava DuVernier who like how but like my thing about Dwayne Johnson is that when he makes promises to people like I feel like he follows like he literally like kids will be on Instagram and be like I really want to see you he gets on a plane and he goes sees those kids and he films his movies and he shows up to his yeah but I think that's like if you can't the reason why there's so many flaky people is because everybody wants to feel like they're busy everybody wants to especially when it comes to entrepreneurs and working with entrepreneurs this is a huge problem again like we talked about kind of in the beginning a little bit touched on about the show and trying to vet people a little bit better because that's something that's happened to us is that we plan on having some people on the show and we put them on schedule and we send them invites and we send them questions and we're ready and then they don't show up and that's just the reality of people not taking things seriously and wasting time and I think that's the biggest thing about wanting to find out like if a collaboration is not a good fit is this person wasting your time and if the answer is yes then this probably is not going to work out because you can't make someone uh think that your time is valuable if they've not thought that your time is valuable in the first place and I'm very much like reclaiming my time as we all should be as auntie maxine said so please sit down with those people say hey okay this is just not working out this is not fitting the bill you said that we were going to be this place we're not here yet and and i mean don't do it from a place of blame also like i think there's sometimes it's so frustrating you just want to fight and you want to be aggressive and you want to come at somebody and say you said you're gonna do this and blah blah blah. i don't think that's the the best way to have a conversation there's a way to communicate that's also you know, progressive and and has a good outcome, and you don't want to burn bridges as well. Like, and and I get it. People be flaky. People piss you off. People don't show up. People don't do their work. They like text you at the last minute and say, "Just kidding, I'm not doing it." Like that shit happens. So just sit down, take a deep breath. Right? Sometimes it's easier for some people to write down what they're gonna say beforehand before they have these difficult conversations, especially if you're not used to conflict, which a lot of us aren't comfortable with, and that's usually why we're entrepreneurs because we're like. <laughs> I'm like, horrible with content. So I think if you actually, sit down and have this conversation, write down what you want to say, write down the points of the things that have not been met, that have not fit your expectations, and, and just kind of, you know, come at it and say, I don't think this is a, we're a good fit for each other for this project because, you know, I think we, we both had different expectations of where the project would be at this point. It's not working out. Or, you know, I really didn't like that you, you know, retweeted a Nazi, something, whatever the person's doing figure it out let them know it's, it's not gonna work you know, out it's funny because while you're saying this it's making me think of like i think that it's a really great um 
test for like how you will be as a boss of other people yeah because like we're all like oh we're bosses but it's like yeah we're the bosses of ourselves some of us don't have any employees one more time because the people i know who fit into this flaky bill are people who are like i'm hiring also as well and i'm just kind of like don't hire people yeah (laughs) if you can't answer emails and you can't write yeah to people and you can't show up on time i think it's so true like if like everything you just said like i think that if you can't, in the same sense, if coming from a place of, like, if the collaboration isn't working out and you want to end it, like, you need to be able to do that before you can hire people. Yeah. <laughs> like, because when you hire someone, you might have to if fire somebody someone. somebody doesn't, or if they don't, they're not meeting expectations and they're not, you know, there with their progress on a project, then you need to be able to be able to have that hard conversation and check in with them and say, hey, you know, I gave you this assignment and it's two days now and you haven't reached out to me. What's going on? What's the problem? Why are you, you met? So it's always, a, there's a way to ask questions and you also you have to figure out whether or not you want to continue the collaboration or if it's past being salvaged and I think a lot of times we let things kind of progress and we give people a lot of leeway to the point where it's not able to be salvaged and we can't fix the relationship and I think it's okay like you need to come to term come to Jesus <laughs> sit down be like okay this is not gonna work out and have that hard conversation like I said write down what you want to say beforehand don't be accusatory don't be angry don't be you know hateful in your speech pattern because that's only going to cause a, a larger conflict and make it out of control and then people are subtweeting and whatever but just sit down have a, an honest innocent conversation and say hey you said that we were going to do this or this is where we're going to be and so in there sometimes sometimes with collaboration there are some people that you just need to redirect and figure out their energy and where their energy is best used and they may not have been a good fit for that thing but they could be a good fit somewhere else so that's a good point assess where someone's energy and time and they're better like because somebody might think they're a really good writer and they're like i'm gonna write 20 blogs for our site and da 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 and then it's like you know we're at six years out and I've not gotten so maybe you're not the best writer for that but you're a good writer for social media and smaller pieces or you're a good writer for emails or newsletters so there's just a way one to and that's just part of like you said of learning how to manage people and understanding where people because sometimes you there especially in collaborations there's usually somebody that's more of a manager or like a a leadership person who's able to get organized and and get things in order and that's fine just figure it out take a deep breath (laughs) don't get angry don't subtweet don't don't write weird things on the internet about people. Just have open and honest conversations, and I promise you'll find the people that you're supposed to collaborate with. So, I'm glad you told me not to subtweet because I was about to do it, <laughs> but I won't. I, I, I just know advice. so many people who are subtweeting. <laughs> I think that's why I'm kind of like, y'all stop subtweeting. If you don't like somebody, then just tell them. But yeah, try like definitely try mm. to do the work ahead of time to know the person so that you can talk Vet to them people. ahead. I think, I think there's helps yeah, a lot. I think it's also we're so excited about working with people that we kind of yes. just get caught up in the whimsy and the cuteness of their Instagram or their like Twitter or their Facebook is so cute and they're so pretty and they're so sweet and they're so nice. But when you actually go back and you think about it, and you're like, oh, wait, there's actually no proof of purchase. <laughs> actually, this person yeah. bamboozled me and oh, like crap, what do I do? So just you know I, it's exciting but also just do your homework do your googles google google people literally google Googles, them as my google mom them. has been telling me nowadays she's not when I, ask she's, her, when I ask my mom questions now she just tells me to google it and i'm like thanks mom i was looking for your wisdom but thanks your mom is reclaiming her time she is like i'm like hey mom how do you make banana bread i don't know i think it's on the google i don't know where my my recipe is it's on the google okay mom thanks <laughs> Go to Google. Do your Google's Google. So yes, reclaim your time. Self-care, reclaim your time. Just all over the place. Um, and we hope that you guys, if you've made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. It's a long one. So we appreciate you listening. And we will be back next week uh, with a special guest. Awesome. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.